Welcome, Suns fans, to a place of neither sight nor sound, but of mind. You have entered the Suns Jam Session Zone. This is a place where we like to have a good time. You know, there's a lot going on in the world. I know we have a lot of listeners all over the world from New Zealand and Australia, Malaysia, Jamaica. If you're living in the United States, it's kind of a it's a crazy place out there. Tomorrow's election day, so I'm sure a lot of you are sitting back and just kind of watching to see what's going on in America, what's going to happen. We don't know, but you know what? Who cares, man? This is the Suns Jam Session Podcast, a safe place from politics, a place where we can have fun, we can have some beers, we can talk about our beloved Phoenix Suns. So thanks for joining us. My name is John, a.k.a. Darth Void on Twitter. I'm joined, as always, by Matthew Lissy. Matthew, how are you doing today? Make sure you, there you go. You unmute yourself. Oh, I got it, man. How are you doing, man. dude? Your background looking good. Your background thanks, looking man. Really great. Yeah. Thanks. Here, yeah. awesome. Nice and full, dude. Um, who's okay? So you have five now. Okay, last time I saw it was four, so very cool. Alvin yes, I'll, I'll be adding um Charles Barkley, most likely is gonna be my next add uh okay. to the pit to the painting behind me. So and then I, and then it's like it's almost like I have to go down the the ring of honor uh avenue, you know. It's like I gotta get Dan Marley in there. I've got to get uh, Walter Davis is definitely going to be it, it'll be Barkley and Davis yeah. will be my next two and then I'll just kind of try to fill out the rest looks of this. Looks good. You're, yeah, your background's getting there, dude. It looks good. Yeah. Are you boarded, are you boarded up for after the uh, the election? You got your your wood and nails. Yeah, yeah everything's set up. up um, here in suburbia. Cool. It's going to be terrifying. Yeah. All the writing that's going to occur. <laughs> yeah, I love you it. So. I might be in one, so who knows? <laughs> Hopefully, we're not podcasting. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, if we have a podcast on Thursday, you know, I hope everyone stays safe over the next couple of days and sits back and watch the news tomorrow and see kind of how the election results go down. Uh, you know, again, I'll, I'll say the same thing. I think I said this a long time ago on one of our earlier podcasts, but no matter what, you know, like just do unto others, my fellow Americans, <laughs> like be kind to everybody. As long as we're doing that, that's all we can control, you know, social media and TV. And like, I am so sick of the ads, bro. Like I'm so sick. I'm so excited for Wednesday because there's gonna be no more ads telling me like Mark Kelly or Martha mm-hmm. McSally or you know Trump or Biden. It's like they shove that shit so far down my throat, and you know they. And then I go into work and everybody's nice to each other and everybody's having a good time. And I'm like, yeah, you know I'm, what? Like I'm basically numb to it, dude. I honestly, when it's on, I don't even, I don't even know it's on. I'm just so used to it now. It's just second nature for me to see those things. But uh, yeah. it'd be nice for it to be over. Um, but like you said, I guess, yeah, be nice to people, blah, 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 blah. Who yeah, cares? do unto let's others, talk, talk some sons. Do unto let's others. Talk some sons. Well, yeah, let's <laughs> talk some sons, baby. Let's talk some sons. Well, how was your Halloween, man? Oh, Good Halloween? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was actually, we went trick-or-treating safely, wore a mask, I think. And uh, we walked around. There was actually, the neighborhood was full of people, man. They were handing out treats outside of their house. So I guess if you walk up to a house and there's a table or people are out there handing out candy, then... The house is open. You don't really go up and ring the doorbell anymore. It's basically if they're out there and they're six feet away and the candy's laying on the table, you go get it. That's how it was this year. Very successful. Very, a lot of candy. My niece and nephew got a lot of candy. So and were, I got were people like night, throwing I ate too much. No, no, there was no throwing. Oh, there was that's no what throwing. I would have done. Some guy actually had a tube set up and he was saying six feet away and he was just dropping it right into their sack. He's all put your sack right there. And here comes the candy. That's what he was doing. Nice. That's was pro status. Yeah, I was, awesome, I stayed home that night. I wasn't feeling too hot. And yeah. I just, I watched Penn state and Ohio state, which is really kind of a boring game. Not a lot of great games oh, yeah, on Saturday. Sure. Uh, I did enjoy watching Michigan lose to Michigan state. 
Um, Notre Dame, I'm, I'm a big Notre Dame fan, and they won pretty handily, and they're, they have Clemson this upcoming week, so that that was my Saturday. But uh, uh, here's the funny thing is, you know, Halloween's over, and I got to ask this question to you and to all the jamsters who are out there listening. Is it too early to start putting up Christmas shit? Because I came home and the Christmas the Christmas tree's up in my living room right now. Right yeah. here, playing. I'm like, it's November second. Like, come on, man. Like, is it too early? Am I? Uh, I think it's as, it's as early as it gets. It's as early as it gets, man. I think if you have it up now, it's not too bad. But you couldn't do it before Halloween. That's early. No, that's after, wicked early. Usually, usually it's after Thanksgiving. Yes. Usually, my sister, your fiance, uh, your your wife, my she, wife. She is uh she will decorate usually I thought after Thanksgiving, but no, it's already out. So that, oh, no. that's awesome, dude. Oh, I, no. I love Christmas, I love Halloween, I like Thanksgiving, of course. So any decorations are cool with me. Okay, well, I just think it's a little early. Like I like that Thanksgiving kind of like it's you know, Thursdays, the turkey and the and mm-hmm. the family and the cranberry sauce and and all the For fix-ins, sure. and then like yeah. Friday's like recovery day, you make a turkey sandwich, you eat it, and then Saturday's the day you actually like put the tree up, you know. Yeah. So it's just like that's that's, true. that's how I did it growing up. Uh, you well, know, put up another tree. Get two. Get a real. <laughs> get a real one in there. Oh, trust me. She wants to put one in every room in the house. So let's not go down that avenue. Right, cool. uh, we've we've talked too much about it. Um, just want to remind everybody who is either listening on the podcast or actually watching the live stream to make sure that you subscribe. Uh, you know, you can hit us up on social media at Suns Jam. Uh, make sure that if you're stopping by the YouTube Sam Suns Jam session uh, channel that you're subscribing, you're hitting the bell. So you know whenever we go live, which is every Sunday and Thursday, we're doing it Monday because Matthew, you weren't feeling good yesterday, man. The the Cowboys were getting their ass kicked, just made you sick, right? You feeling better today? <laughs> yeah, it was actually before. It was the calm before the storm, dude. So I got the migraine right before the Cowboys came on, but I don't even watch the Cowboys anymore. So <laughs> I thought I saved myself from the migraines, but I still get them. I don't know. It's it's something to do with the Cowboys sucking. I don't know what it is. I don't know either, man. I, I just it sucks. I'm glad I, to be back though. I'm here and 100. percent Dude, I'm ready to go. We're going to be talking about Suns City Edition jerseys and other City Edition jerseys that are going on in the NBA right now. Like I, you and me, we're Jersey guys, not from like New Jersey. Like we like jerseys. Uh, Dave King was saying on the Suns Solar Panel uh, podcast this past week that, you know, white guys can't wear jerseys or something. I'm like, I don't care, man. Dave, you're just a little too old, man. Like I'll wear a jersey. It's it's all how you rock it. Like I'm not going to wear just a jersey like I'm going down for a pickup basketball game. You know, uh-huh. like you wear an undershirt, you put it underneath a hoodie, you know, like there, there's a way to fashionly do it, you know, Kelly Oubre it up a little bit, but, uh, but I love jerseys and I love the fact that the Suns have released a new one. So we're going to talk about that on this podcast. Yeah. We're going to talk about the, the Valley of the Suns and the Brooklyn Nets, you know, and how that connection continues to be strong as well as so a few other things. So, uh, Matthew, do you have a beer today, my friend? No, never a beer. I apologize. Well, I got a beer. If you're watching along <laughs> with us, crack one open. Oh, yeah. Drop that beat. Let's talk Suns, baby. So, yeah, the Phoenix Suns dropped new jerseys, the City Edition jerseys. And I think it's one thing that we always kind of forget is the fact that the City Edition jerseys that teams are putting out come out every year. They're new every year. You know, we're always pining for new new jerseys in the middle of the year. You know, we start really kind of being like, okay, I'm kind of sick of seeing these on the court. And then you forget that, oh, yeah, these things are new every year. And I think one of the reasons we forget that is the Suns 
when they made their first City Edition jersey, which was in 2017, uh, it happened when Nike took over from Adidas, taking over the, the jersey collection. No longer was there a home jersey and a away jersey. It's like icon, association, classic. And now they have, you know, and they entered um, the City Edition jersey. And the first one was cool. If you remember, it was that Low Suns jersey, very purple, had the Phoenix on the back. Uh, looked really nice with you know with uh, that light purple well, juxtaposed against that dark purple, and then the next season they kept with the low suns theme, but they had like orange trim. And then last year they just changed those purple jerseys to black jerseys. And still said low suns, so I feel like every year we're getting new jerseys, but we don't really feel like they're new because it's just a, a different version of a low suns jersey, right? Yeah, exactly, exactly, man. Um, we do forget that because we always want the. Um, the old the, the 90s one to come back um, for some reason i can't even think of the names of them, but you know the name of it right the sunburst the, uh, yeah the sunburst ones those are the ones i feel like everyone wants back just to be permanent oh but yeah luckily we get the uh, city edition ones and this year i think we hit spot on don't you think i feel like these jerseys might be my favorite ever from the city editions well, they got to be because the other three are all Low Suns jerseys. I mean, they, they're they pretty much the same thing, just a little bit of a different take. And I like the Low Suns jersey. I love how that embraces the Hispanic culture that loves uh, the Phoenix Suns. I mean, Devin Booker, he's Hispanic as well. So it really kind of, it, you know, it definitely represents the city and the team. But it's been the same thing like three times in a row. It's almost like Golden State. Like, oh, Golden State continually, continually utilizes their city edition to say, like, the Bay. And there's only like so many ways you can put the bay on a jersey that doesn't look, you know, the exact same. So when you look at the Suns City Edition jerseys, which I'll bring up for those of you watching on the uh, on the pod, they're they're sick. I mean, let me just start off by saying that they are black jerseys that have uh, the black silhouette of the desert mountains that surround the Phoenix area. So it looks like Camelbacks on there. Then it's got the pixelated representation of the sky during the sunset in yellow, orange, red, and purple. And then the purple trim continues around the collars and the sleeves on these things. So, you know, what was your first kind of reaction when you saw these things, Matthew? Well, honestly, this is this is the first time I've seen a release pick of a jersey where I didn't have to study it for an hour, where I was just like, is this good? Is it not? Going back and forth, texting people. Have you seen this? What do you think? Not really having my own opinion. That's the way it's always been with these release of jerseys. This time, I was like, wow, are these actually the real deal? Because I love them. Honestly, I feel like the color, it, black is hard to mess up. It really is. But I think the color with the valley, that is just perfect, man. Because honestly, a lot of people don't really know that we like call this the valley. People from out of state, they don't realize that Phoenix is the valley. They don't know that. But now that it's on our jerseys, they'll know. Maybe the Valley Boys thing will kick in even more. But I just, I love for a fact that nothing really pops up too much. Like I was thinking maybe they can do something with um, the numbers on it. Maybe they can go orange or something. But they did mock-ups. Like someone did some mock-ups on Twitter to change things around. But I think the way they have it now, even with the white lettering, depending on what they're going to do on the back are the white numbers, I think it's perfect. I don't think I would change anything with it. I don't think you can really add much to it. But I think out of every team that I've seen released, this has to be number one or number two. It's interesting you bring up the mock-ups that were on Twitter because that's how it all kind of started that day. I don't know if you actually saw it on that Thursday. But first thing in the morning, you know, the Reddit investigators put out that that image that we just showed and, you know, the, the black jersey with the, the sunset on it. And at first, everybody's like, oh, damn, like that – that's fucking awesome. Like I, you know, a lot of positive feedback on on Reddit and Twitter when people put it out there. But then I saw a secondary one come out and it was purple. And I was like, okay, maybe this is just kind of you know somebody's just messing around and now they're just changing swatches. We don't really know what's coming. And that's just kind of 
but also, you know, that being said, a couple days before other uh, city edition jerseys were being released. So the hype was kind of growing and we really didn't know if it was actually this was what it is or is it going to be a different version of this right here? Because there was the purple one, which looked pretty sick. And then once it was kind of confirmed with the Kelly Oubre hanging out with like a unicorn and while he's wearing like a rhinestone, yeah, yeah. you know, like. I, my first thought was, and I don't know, you know, for those of you who are too young, you might not know this, but like, have you ever seen the never ending story? Yeah. Yeah. I remember the big naked lady statues. That's about okay. It. Yes. The Oracle. Yeah. Well, I mean, so a tray you. So one thing about that movie is everybody <laughs> screams, everybody's name. in that it's like, Artex, yeah. Atreyu, Falcor. Yeah. But the other thing was <laughs> his, his, uh, his horse's name was Artex. So the first thing I was mm -hmm. like, oh, fuck, Kelly Oubre is kicking it with Artex. And if you just looked at it on Twitter real quick, you just saw Kelly Oubre kind of fashionably standing there doing his thing. But if you clicked on the picture, you saw he was wearing the black version of that jersey, If it, you know, whether it be the jersey or it was the shirt. And all of a sudden, I was like, oh, shit, this is it, man. Like, we actually – these jerseys are yeah. happening. And it was an exciting moment because, to your point, they're actually cool, man. Like, they're actually something that I found – like, I'm, I'm trying to find little things to just kind of – you know, pick apart a little bit, you know, just because that's what we do. And you look at these things, the valley is written perfectly in the way that they put the the above the A and then valley. Uh, it's written in that sun's font, but a cursive font. So it's not really, you know, it, it's the same, but it's different. It's it's large enough to where it's definitely distinctive. Uh, I guess the fact that they use our normal numbers is is something that maybe like could be worked upon. But other than that, man, I mean, like they're fucking tight, dude. Yeah, they're really good. And uh, that Kelly Oubre picture, when it came out, I honestly, I think I saw that before these jerseys were leaked. I don't know if I was behind or what, but I didn't even see that he had the jersey on. I just saw, saw Kelly Oubre, and I was thinking, like, usually I study his pictures for, like, an hour, you know, just, just studying Kelly Oubre. I'd be like, how does this beautiful man just become beautiful? So after I did that, I was like, oh, nothing... Nothing. I, I thought maybe that was a mock-up. Maybe I don't even know where that came from. Like I just, like the picture itself. I'm like it has nothing to do with anything Suns related, but it it did. I never zoomed out. I never clicked on the picture. I just sat there for an hour studying Kelly Oubre. I don't know. That's what you do, man. You're like, how do I become like Kelly Oubre? <laughs> <laughs> like you know, if I grew his facial hair too, it's not even the same thing. It, it makes no sense. Like he has this. He can't grow facial hair, but it still looks beautiful. I don't know. Now, I know that a lot of people are saying this kind of looks like the Denver Nuggets, like mid yeah, I heard 1980s, that, yeah. or like, oh, like kind of like the Utah uh, Jazz. Like, what do I call those things? Like the piss hydration level Utah Jazz jerseys, where it's like it starts off really dark orange and it goes mm -hmm. all the way to like light yellow. It's like based on how hydrated you are in your urine is, is you know, what level <laughs> you are on the Jazz jerseys. Like, I can see kind of a slight yep. homage to those, but like I, I think because they use the pixelate pixelation, it's it's completely different, separate, and its own unique design. I think so too. I did think of Denver's jerseys like kind of maybe five or six minutes after looking at it. I was like, okay, Denver has something similar to that. But it's like, why the pixelation? Why did Phoenix choose the pixelation? Is it for that reason? Or is it because they wanted to go over the Camelback Mountain, which I didn't even know was a Camelback Mountain until I think later that night or the next day. I was like, is that Camelback Mountain? He's like, yeah, yeah, it is, you idiot. So, but I think it's it's the same but different. I think it's still ours. It's still Phoenix. It's the Valley. Um, if we play Denver, we wear the. I don't know if Denver's gonna have the same jerseys this year. They might have something different. So, mm -hmm. if that can just be ours, it's beautiful, dude. I don't think anything can go wrong with those. I don't think a lot of people at first hated it, but now I feel like everyone's together on this and they love it. 
Yeah, and that's you know that's Twitter in in general. Whenever something new comes out, somebody's got to ah, handle it. Yeah, I mean, ah, terrible. Yeah. yeah, horrible. Okay, now, now that I got that out of my system, uh, yeah, it's not that bad. Uh, yeah. You know, shout out to Suns Geek in the chat. Uh, we have to see how it pops on the court and the shorts. Agree with that one hundred ten percent. You know, I love good short game. I think that I think you and I were talking. You said if they put the the Arizona flag on the shorts, like they've done in previous city editions, yeah, like that those. would just yeah, they they should keep those. And I saw Kelly was practicing. I think it was. Um, couple days ago i saw a picture of him but he had black shorts on it was a sun the phoenix suns but it was going up and it was like just it wasn't the exact sun shape we see in the center of the court but it was like going up towards on his right leg it looked really cool so i'm like maybe those are them maybe that was something to do with it but either way i don't know if he can mess up black shorts with like any kind of sun's colors on it so i don't think we have to worry about it but honestly on the court too I don't. I'll, I'd be excited to see if we have our own court to match these uniforms, like a lot of like a lot of NBA teams do. Like if we actually have our own separate from what is every other home game, that would be awesome, dude. Because I think no. they can really make that look good. Oh, absolutely! If they have that kind of sunset going on on the court, you know, just like that motorcycle going by in the background <laughs> at your place, like it'll be sick, it. man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, can't wait for the shorts. And then like what Steve Holler says in the chat, like they will, it looks like they're going to pop on TV and that's going to be the most exciting thing is when they, they finally bust those bad boys out, those things are going to look sick, dude. So, yep. I mean, I think it's clear that we agree that those are awesome jerseys, Yes. but I thought we'd take a look at other jerseys that have been yeah, released. And I, and I want to kind of get your point of view on these things. Okay. Okay. Now, obviously if you are listening, you might, you won't be able to see these. So I'll do my best to describe them. Okay. Obviously a lot of the different uh, NBA franchises are starting to release their city edition jerseys this week. You know, some of them are being leaked and, and some of them are actually just being embraced by the teams and they're putting them out there. So the first one I want to talk about is Dallas's jerseys. Uh, I was reading up on these a little bit uh, on their uh, Mavs Moneyball, which is their SB Nation site. Mm -hmm. And these have – it's a white jersey. It says Dallas in gold, and then they have black uh, numbers that are outlined in gold. Is that gold or copper? It's supposed to be gold because it's the the 10-year anniversary of their NBA championship as well as the 40th anniversary of uh, the franchise. Now, there was another – article I was reading and they actually showed where they're going to be putting out a NBA court that is an homage to the old green um, Dallas Mavericks gear and everything. So I'm not a hundred percent that these are actually the city edition jerseys, but that being said, you know, but, but the old jerseys, those would be the classic edition. So these are most likely going to be the city edition. What are your thoughts on these things? There's not really any thoughts for these ones. They're very, very bland. Plus, Luka Doncic wears number 77, which is the worst-looking number on any jersey. So if you're going to have a mock-up and use his number, it takes away a lot from what the jersey might be. But this one is honestly... I hope this isn't it. And plus, like last year's Dallas Mavericks uniforms were... Those are bad. So bad. They haven't had really good uniforms lately. Um, So I hope this isn't it, because we have to play them like three or four times a year. So I don't want to see this all the time. Yeah, I don't want to get one version of these things. I mean, I just yeah. And if you, you look at the picture, you know they're gold, and you you know kind of coppery. They almost look like the suns, like orange. So it's like, hey, quit. Yeah, it's a weird color, right? I just I can't trust any city that's you know if you spell it backwards, it's salad. So oh, yeah. <laughs> All right, here's our next ones. These this is from Portland. Okay, yeah. this jersey is black with red trim and a scripted Oregon word mark across the chest in white. 
Uh, now it's kind of cool because it has this topogra- topographic map pattern yeah. uh, into the base of the jersey, as well as several red, yellow, royal blue, light blue stripes going down the side of the jersey, which if I read up on it correctly, has something to do with the Portland art scene. So this is the first okay. time that Portland has actually written the word Oregon on their jerseys. Uh, what are your thoughts on these things? They're not too bad. The whole um, graph on the front and back on the whole jersey itself, not a big fan. It's been there, done that kind of thing. But honestly, yeah. it looks kind of good. The Oregon and cursive, I don't like that much. But the coloring and stuff on the sides and the trim looks beautiful. What do you think? Well, it's what, what they were trying to do is, you know, the Welcome to Oregon sign. Like, that's the font that they took. But, like, they cut yeah. off part of the G. So it looks kind of incomplete, which just bothers me. I'm like OCD when it comes to fonts and things like that. I do like the idea of putting Oregon on it. Like it'd be kind of cool if at some point the Suns had an Arizona jersey. Like I don't know. I just think that'd be pretty cool. I would be cool. Yeah. You know, I think that it kind of it fits with their color scheme. You know, with it already being a black jersey with the uh, topographic map in the background, I think it's a, a decent concept. So I'm not going to hate on it 110 percent. You know, if we're going one through ten, and with like those Dallas jerseys being like one. Like I'll give this one like a five. Like it's it's yeah, it's a nice effort. It's I'm there nice with you. Effort. Plus, like they have originally, they have like the best jerseys in the NBA. One of the best. So yeah, they really do. You, yeah, you don't have game. to be perfect on everything. So, so the next one uh, is the Chicago Bulls. Now, the Chicago Bulls have really done a good job of embracing the Chicago flag in recent City Edition jerseys. And what they've actually chosen to do with this one is really go towards the theater scene that is in Chicago. They have the iconic Chicago theater font on them. It's a Jersey that's black with gold trim with the team name across the front in gold with a red drop down uh, shadow reminiscent of the marquee at the Chicago theater. And then up each side of the Jersey is a pattern of gold shapes. These shapes are similar to the style outside of that theater. So normally they have that kind of powder blue look to them, uh, which I think it looks really, really good, even though it's always interesting to watch. You're like watching the bulls and you see powder blue and you're like, hold on, what the fuck is this? Um, so that's what they're doing in Chicago. What do you think of this one, Matthew? I'm not a big fan of it, dude. This is actually the first time I've seen this one. I was looking up, I was trying to look up all the NBA jerseys, but this one actually got skipped for some reason. But first, now looking at it, I would, I don't like it. Like if this was something the Suns were doing, I'd be very, very unhappy with it. Uh, but then again, they have some of the best jerseys too, some of the best original jerseys. So you can get away with this, I guess, once in a while. Yeah, it's kind of a weird one. It's just kind of a weird one. You know, like I get what they're doing. So again, I mean, the whole city edition idea is to be true to the city and to represent something, you know, that has to do with the culture, the area. That's why all of us are getting so excited about us using, you know, the term valley, because again, for those of you who don't live in Phoenix, it's the Valley of the Sun. The Valley Boys has been something that has been embraced by this team. So we're really kind of buying in on that concept and it's really fun and cool. And maybe there's a bunch of people in the theater district in Chicago who are like, I just don't feel like I'm properly represented by the Chicago Bulls. And that's why they're doing it, you know? Uh, Suns Geek says the Chicago one is cool and he likes Portland's as well. So, okay. So we're oh. giving this. So I'll give this one a, a, again a five. Again, I'll give this on, one a three. On, on a scale of like the Dallas Mavericks to the Phoenix Suns because the Suns is a fucking 10. <laughs> Yeah, so. I think so too. Okay. Yeah, I just want a three. Yeah. So we got we got more of these. We got all right. This this one is also like a, a zero or a one. And this one is the New <laughs> York Knicks. Okay. So close. So this close, jersey dude. is black and features an orange to blue to black gradient up each side. And on the uh-huh. chest is a is a bizarre rounded treatment that reads City Never Sleeps, New York Knicks. Yes. And some say that it kind of looks like a New York City sewer cover. 
That's what I thought too. And, yep. and then inside the is where the player's number resides uh, with a gradient and a drop shadow. So oh, I thought you were gonna say like inside is where the player is. That's where they that's where they go to die. Yeah, and then it's got like NYC and on kind of like the upper right lapel. So it's an interesting look. I it's definitely... close though. It's like they almost hit it, but it's just it's not it. It's just something I can't see running up and down the court. I can't see that, man. Especially city that never sleeps. I think that's that's what you're supposed to be saying there. Not city never sleeps, but maybe they're trying to change it. Yes. The city never sleeps. A lot yeah, easier city, to say. City never sleeps. They're like we city can't never- put the city that never sleeps. Like yeah, right, that city never sleeps. Easy, right. <laughs> yeah. yeah but i get these ones um really cool. i'll give them a three two because it, it's close to being mediocre but it it, <laughs> it it missed man what do you think though on these ones i'm kind of with you man it's definitely close to being mediocre i i don't really like the gradient up the side with the red to the to the blue to the black i get a lot of people are starting to hit that gradient thing thinking it's kind of cool i'm not a big fan of it i don't like That's, it Again, that's the reason why I think the Suns jerseys are cool because it has a gradient, but because of the pixelization, it's a steady, easy gradient versus yeah, like just a straight fill. So again, it really does. It's these little things, but I, I, I just I don't know. Steve Holler in the chat, man. Sewer cover seems appropriate. Absolutely. I mean, yeah. Heroes in a half shell, turtle power. So what do they say in uh, the Ninja Turtles movie? <laughs> I don't remember. For, forgiveness is divine, but never pay pay full price for late pizza. Yes. Yes, you said that correct. the other day. I heard you say that. I did. Oh, where were we at? Oh, I think <laughs> I have my nephew's birthday party. You said yeah, that. that's right. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, and I, I said it to myself like no one was listening, and I don't really care. All right, what about these? These are the Los Angeles Clippers jerseys. Oh, old. And no, what they did is they took the white jerseys that they had that have the San Andreas font on them, and they just oh, flipped, yeah. they flipped okay. the colors on them. They're black this year with a white Los Angeles and white number on them. Um, I just think it lacks originality. In fact, it really kind of reminds me of what the Suns did going from the 2018 season to the 2019 season where we had the purple low Suns jerseys with the orange trim. And then yeah. we just said, okay, they're going to be black now with the same exact thing. Yeah, it's like, well, they have such a product on their floor, right? Like they have actually a team out there. So jerseys aren't too, aren't shouldn't be too crazy and like too thought up like i i feel like the suns we need something to get us going so we need those jerseys but los angeles is like i like them but yeah it is kind of lazy but what else are you gonna do you know i think they had a good original idea so kind of stick with it so i'm not mad at that i think i give this one a five five out of ten yeah i wasn't a big fan of them last year though we had this conversation so i'll give these a four just because like again you can't mess up mess up black but i'm not a big fan of the san andreas font i just i don't like it on a jersey It, it makes sense in a video game but that's about it all right, these actually look really cool, okay? These are the San Antonio yes, Spurs. Yes. The Spurs are throwing back to their team's Thank Fiesta God. era, uh, during which the logo included a, spa- a splash of teal, pink, and orange, despite their uniforms remaining black and silver during the 90s. Uh, they also get an updated team wordmark across the chest, scripted with the spur dotting the I in San Antonio. A glimpse of a potential full-time jersey update in the future? I don't know. But it is kind of a cool throwback to that 90s Spurs squad, which I still hate it. I always have hated Spurs. I always will. But these are actually – they did re- they did fucking good on these. Yeah, they did really good. You know, the Spurs, they're, they're tough to watch, and we hate them so much. But their, their jerseys needed an upgrade. And I think this is an upgrade they needed, man, because they actually got some color on it. They did it a perfect way um, on the black. It just looks fantastic. I kind of miss that. I think it was like the warm-up uniforms they used to wear with that on there. But yeah. now that's the jersey, dude, that's perfect. I love it. Well, it used to have like the Spurs logo, and then they had that Fiesta teal, pink, and orange kind of swoosh yeah. behind it, and that's what it had in uh, in the '90s. So, I mean, 
you know, good for them. Their old city edition jerseys, they're always gross. It's like, oh, you know, man. the great ones and whatever. I don't even know. Yeah, I don't even care. Too much the Spurs. Too much great. All right, here's another one for you. And this is the Heat City Editions. And is what this real? is, yeah, this is real, I think. I don't know. All of these are rumored, <laughs> but I think like all of them are real too. What okay. the what the Heat are doing, and the Heat City Editions were fucking sick this past season. And what they're doing with this they one is, is they're doing a gradient from like hot pink on, on the uh, right side fading to like a powder blue on the left side. So again, it has that kind of fade look to it. Whereas what made their jerseys look so cool last year was it had they were like the Miami Vice jerseys very hard lines you know sh- showed that it was you know kind of that vice city look to it whereas these again that gradient i'm just not a huge fan of gradients like, it has to be done right and i just don't think that these are done right no i don't like these at all dude it you know it's tough with these city ones that they have to change them every year basically but then once you get a good one it's like it sucks as the next year like oh where were those other ones but then I don't know. I, I like those ones that they had last year, so it's hard to go anywhere up from that because those are tens out of tens last year's. These ones are nasty, dude. I won't even give it a two. I just don't like them. As yeah. long as that's real. I don't even know yeah. what that is. Yeah, that's a mock-up picture, but I'm pretty okay. sure. You know, I went to, I think it's sportstradelogos.net or something, and they have yeah. all, of, all of the different kind of leaks that are going on. They're, that's what they do. All right, check these out. Um, tell me what you think. Oh, shameless plug time. Oops. <laughs> These are the Suns Jam Session. My son. The, the Valley t-shirts that are actually available on our Redbubble site. Just designed these <laughs> myself. Um, so if you're interested, stop by our Redbubble site and pick up one of those. Uh, I actually ordered my shirt the other day because I think that this is really cool. So instead of saying the Valley on it, it says Suns Jam Session. So sorry for that shameless plug. I'll go back to the, your regularly scheduled programming. 10 out of 10. 10, 10 baby. 10. 10 out of 10. 10. All right. How about Brooklyn. These are the the Brooklyn Nets, and the they what they are doing is they're continuing their theme of honoring a local artist with their city uniform. And this time, the this is the the artist that's being honored is Brooklyn-born Jean Michel Basquat, who started out as a great street artist in the 1970s before making a very successful transition to galleries in the 1980s. He died at the age of 27 in 1988. So that's the theme behind these. Okay. Now that you know that, I feel bad for saying that these look fucking ugly. I like so Brooklyn. I don't know what it is, but I like everything they do. I don't know. It might be very, very different and weird, but I'm always with whatever they're doing. The colors with the black, because they're just black and white. They came out, Brooklyn Nets, black and white. Now they're mixing a bunch of colors in there. And it looks crazy sometimes. Like this one looks like a kid did it. But it's it's beautiful. I think it looks good. I like it. I, I'd probably give this an 8 out of 10. If we're still ranking, I don't know if we're ranking anymore. I give it an 8 out of 10. I think it looks kind of cool. Except for the, I think the Brooklyn in the middle and the Nets, it's just too small. Maybe if it was spread out a little bit. That would look a lot better. But I like this, man. Yeah, see, I just, I don't. You know, again, they're they're really big on dropping all vowels. Uh, apparently, Y is considered a consonant in this, uh, you know, kind of iteration mm-hmm. that they're doing. Sometimes but they do. Y. Yeah, sometimes why, but they also leave the yeah. R out. But, you know, B-K-L-Y-N is what it says on the front. Then it's got nets, and it's like, I get it. Maybe it'll look cool when it's on the court, but I'm just, not, I'm just not a huge fan of I it, I think these will look cool, man. I, I actually think, think cool. that what looks cooler is their city or their classic edition that they're rolling out this year, and that's these bad boys. Those are cool. These are actually, you know, are they? they're the, yeah, these are what are what were known as the uh, 
New Jersey Nets tie-dye uniforms from 1990. So when they changed their word mark and their logoing in 1990, they went to these, and then they had the white jersey as well. They This only lasted for one season, then they went to dark blue on them. Uh, for those of you who are listening, it's that classic Nets from the 90s look, that those jerseys that they had from 1990 to 1997. Uh, but they have kind of like a tie-dye blue, North Carolina blue, powder blue kind of look to them. And that's actually what the Nets are going to be wearing this season. So I really like those. Uh, the other ones, not so much, bro. I feel like I like the other ones a little bit better than those. Wow. Um, but they're also going to have the court, too, with the ones you just showed the tie-dye yes. ones. I got the tie-dye court to match. So that'd be pretty interesting. I'm not too much of a fan of them. I'm the only one ranking these still, so I'm going to do a 5 out of 10. Okay, okay. And Raymond <laughs> Gonzalez in the chat is right. The Derek Coleman days. Those are yeah. When you think of those jerseys and you think of Derek Coleman, that's exactly what he was wearing. All right, the last one I want to discuss is probably the ones that are the best besides the Suns. And that's what Golden State put out today, man. And they actually yeah. like put it out with Steph Curry wearing them. And, I mean, these things just look great. They are really driving home that homage to that late yes. 90s, early 2000s with the dark navy blue, the yellow, the orange jersey. And instead of saying Golden State on it, I mean, if you think of like Jason Richardson before yes. the Suns got him, it's those jerseys. The Monte Ellis is a rookie that's jersey. It. The Steph Curry is a, as a rookie jersey. But instead of saying Golden State across the, uh, across the front, it says Oakland. And – yeah, those are sick, dude. Like those are those, yeah. those are yeah. It's like one notch above the suns, um, but those colors, like if they never went away from those ever, I would never be mad because I love those unis, mm-hmm. dude. They I, made, I feel like they made everybody go faster on the court too. I don't know what it was. I, yeah. I definitely thought so. Yeah, those Ooh. are just like, again. Golden State nails it. You know they. Yeah. Those sons of bitches. So ten out of ten. We're ranking 10, over here. Yeah, ten out of ten. Yes, nine out of we ten. Got, we got nine out of ten from Ring Gonzalez. We got Parshawn in the chat, like 10 out yeah. of 10. Take like, your time yeah. with these rankings. Don't just throw them out there. Be, be sure you're positive with 10 out of 10. Like that's, you got to live yeah. that up. Now. <laughs> <laughs> well, the Suns jersey's 10 out of 10, dude. They yes. nailed that City Edition jersey. So Definitely, definitely. I actually went out of order because I was going to do those. Then I was going to do the Nets because the next thing I wanted to talk about was the Nets, man. It's like Valley of yes. the Brooklyn Suns, man. I mean, Mike D'Antoni's out there now. We mm-hmm. talked about this, I think, on our last podcast. Maybe it's the one before where Amari Stoudemire had just joined the, yeah. the coaching staff. Is it weird to you that the Nets didn't choose to go like to pursue uh, Mike D'Antoni and then bring on like Steve Nash and Amari Stoudemire's assistants? Like Nash is the head coach, and now yeah. you have D'Antoni and Stoudemire's assistant coaches. I don't think it's too weird just because I feel like Mike D'Antoni is making a great step here. I think he needs to take a little break of being a head coach. I mean, what's he going to do? He's going to go to another team, coach his way, coach his style, go deep in the playoffs and fail three or four seasons in a row. Like not to fail, but I root for him, of course, to win a championship. But I think it's taking a toll on him. I think he wants to kind of take the back seat, kind of enjoy the ride a little bit. I think this is a perfect situation for him. I like how they're getting all these guys in there to where – I can't see one of them, maybe Kyrie. I like Kyrie. I can't see even KD having their voice opinion higher than the others. Even Steve Nash, Amari Stoudemire. I know Amari Stoudemire is more player development, but I don't think there's going to be any issues in the locker room with these guys. I think it's going to be not like it's going to be they're on a cruise or anything like that, just having fun. But I think it's going to be something where they can really all just get along. And then I think winning at the end of the day will happen. And I think this team is probably going to be favorites to win a championship. I love that Mike D'Antoni can just be an assistant. And what were your thoughts? So when you when he was hired as his assistant, was it crazy to you or what? Uh, a little bit, you know. Like I thought that Mike D'Antoni was going to get a head coaching job somewhere, but once I heard that he was joining the Nets staff, I was like, "Let's go, man! Like this is cool. Like it's it's our team. It's the seven seconds or less era. 
reimagining, you know, something with the, with the Brooklyn Nets. And I love KD. I'm a big KD fan. I'm not a big Kyrie fan. I know that you're more of a Kyrie guy than I am. But it'll be really interesting to see how that all kind of plays out. I think you're spot on with the fact that no guy's above the other guy. And I think that, that with this kind of level playing field, where you're going to have – you have a two-time MVP and a Hall of Famer in, in Steve Nash. You got Amari Stoudemire, who's, you know, your prototypical big man, who but who also helped revolutionize the game. With the coach that they did it with, Playing with these guys, I think it's going to be a really interesting team next year. Now, favor to win a championship? Eh, I don't know. I mean, I really am interested to see what Philly does now that they have uh, Daryl Morey there. They got Doc Rivers there. I'm interested to see what the Celtics do. You know, the Rockets, are they dead in the water? You know, obviously the Lakers are going to be the perennial champs and, and you know, perennial favorites. Uh, the Clippers, are they going to try to run it back? You know, now that they have Ty Lue at coach. So, I mean, it's it's going to be the landscape of the NBA is going to be really fun next year. But the Brooklyn Nets story is just it makes it so much more fun because that's we get a team in the East that we can kind of root for. How do you feel, you know, if they were to win a championship and it is all of yeah. the old sons, guys, how does that make you feel? I would be very happy for them. I don't know why I would have hard feelings. It's not like one of these guys have like they left the team and just, you know, left us and rot. Like that never happened. Everybody on this team and all the, on the coaching staff gave it their all in Phoenix. And that's all you can ask for, really. We want to success here. And then when they leave, we're going to root for them wherever they go, all these guys. So I'd be very happy for them. I mean, it would suck, but it's like you have KD on your team. KD is probably the fourth best player right now in the NBA, but might prove that he might be the best player in the NBA coming back after his injury. I think he's well, still the question mark. He will still have it. I don't think it's going to be a big issue. I think he'll still have it. He'll still be a, a phenomenal shooter from wherever on the court because he's a basketball guru, I guess. But honestly, I think that this team will be great. It depends what they add, who they take away from this team too, as well. But I think this is the coaching. I mean, how can he lose with that coaching? I know Steve Nash has no experience, of course. Well, that's how you can lose with that coaching is right there. Yeah, no, Steve Nash has no experience. You know, now granted, he's got D'Antoni sitting next to him on the bench now, which is like what what perfect guy for him to learn from. Some guy he already spent years learning from as a player, and now that's his assistant coach, his right hand man, right there. It's like that is such a great hire for the Nets. Yeah, but then also you have a guy like Kyrie, who I don't feel like you can coach. You have to have him buddy with somebody that you know they can explain to each other this is how we can go about the game plan this is what we can do to help each other out instead of me just being the coach and telling you know this is where you're going this is what you're doing it's like no they can work together to figure out how they can accommodate each other which i think is actually going to work like Kyrie said again i don't really believe like this team really has a coach i feel like this is like a four-year thing where these guys are going to be together and they can win a couple championships well it's going to be interesting to see again that landscape of the NBA next season. Uh, you know, Parshawn in the in the chat, yeah, Golden oh, ha- Golden State's State. healthy too. Like that's a team I forgot to even mention. Like they're going to be healthy too. So it's, I mean, the landscape of the NBA is going to be tough next year. But knowing that the Suns have this connection to the Nets, even though they're going to be wearing those ugly fucking jerseys on that stupid fucking court. Uh, wow. Yeah, yeah. I just, I'm not a big fan of the right. quarter of the jerseys, but you know, it'll be okay. It'll be okay. You know, like when they wear those throwback '90s jerseys, like I am all in, dude. Like I will tune in. I will enjoy watching that. I'm like, hey, man, can we make this a permanent change? Uh, <laughs> but I think it's going to be really kind of fun and interesting to watch. So, uh, do you want to hit the our thoughts segment here? Let's go ahead and hit the hit the sound bite. That's not the right sound bite. <laughs> <laughs> Bring up the next topic. Why is you taking a big drink of water, not beer? I'll drink a beer. You drink a water. What's going on? Bring up the next topic. Bring up the next topic. Our thoughts? 
Yeah. Are we going to, okay. I don't have the audio I, for I it. You, I thought you were going to do the, the right audio. That's what I was waiting for. Well, hold on. Here, let's try That's this. Awesome. Thoughts. Um, brains? Yeah, there you so go. I, I thought... <laughs> I thought you would just be mad if we went any further without bringing that on. So I just was waiting for it. Well, it took a big gulp of water. So my apologies. I hope we didn't lose any listeners or watchers. So yeah. So our thoughts. So we, I think we, we actually gained seven. That's, you know, yeah. it's like Saturday Night Live. Whenever you start crashing and burning, everyone's like, ooh, tune in. You got to see what's happening on the Sun's Jam session. They're fucking up their drops. Yeah. Well, um, someone who has a lot of thoughts who might not have a lot, but it's having a lot of fun, dude, is Devin Booker. He's been all over the place. I mean, he's hanging out with the Kardashians, of course, on their little um island, but he's being talked about all, all, all the time. He's being loved from the eight no bubble run they met, they had, and all that. And his fantastic play, all of a sudden, he might be an MVP player. What I really was excited to hear, Almina Hassan usually has nothing to say good about the Suns, and it might not even be good about the Suns, it's just about Devin Booker. He would join the the jump on ESPN. It was talking about Booker ceiling. He says, "I think he could be the best shooting guard in the NBA and on the MVP ballot in three in the next three years." Paul Pierce also mentioned too on the NBA jump. I think he can be the best player on a championship team. So, do you believe all three of these to come true? And if if not, which one do you think he has the best chance of actually attaining? Um, God, that's tough. I mean. You know, so the so the three things mentioned by Amin Al Hassan, who doesn't really like me, I don't think. Like, yeah, he, he got mad at me on Twitter on my birthday, and I was like, dude, like, so not nice. Like, why can't we just all get along, man? But anyways, um, he was, you know, he so you're saying best shooting guard in the NBA on the MVP ballot and MB, best player NBA championship. Mm-hmm. Like, obviously, the most attainable there is best shooting guard. Uh, get on the MVP ballot. I honestly think in the next three years, Devin Booker could, man. I mean, as we're starting to build this team around him and it's going to allow him to take a step back and and more importantly, have defenses focus on other areas of this offense, it's only going to open him up more. If we get that secondary player who really can score, if Aiton really starts to open it up, if Kelly Oubre finds another level, if Mikel Bridges and Cam Johnson start, you know, becoming more of a threat from the outside, who's to say that defenses aren't going to have to account for them? And all that's going to do is leave Devin Booker more open shots and looks at the rim. One of the most interesting stats that I find when I go into uh, B-ball index is you look at his contested three-point rate. He gets an F, man. Like He is always contested on his three-point rates. Of all of his three-point shots, I think like 4.5% or some ridiculously low number are open. So he's always contested because the defenses know that they can rotate to him. They put their best defender towards him and they don't have to collapse on anybody else. If that starts to happen, if this offense truly does start to flourish like we want it to do, all we're going to do is see Devin Booker open up his game more. I mean, the guy's already scoring, you know, 26, almost 27 points a game with a, a much more mature offense with him having the ability to take, you know, some, some, more possessions to be open and score and, and be even more effective. Who's to say that he doesn't become an MVP or at least be on the MVP ballot winning a championship, I think is the hardest, obviously of all these because shit, man, we haven't been to the playoffs. Like I can't even start talking about winning an NBA championship until we get to the playoffs. That's much more of a team accolade. Uh, what, what do you think on all that? Well, yeah, just winning an NBA championship, being on a championship team, that's just not even Suns related. So these both these guys, I feel like, would think that Booker would ask for a trade and not be on the Suns in the next couple of years. But I think it's all possible. It really is. But what what's funny is I think when it comes to the time where the championship is there, I think that's when Booker will be an MVP ballot candidate because 
I feel like when you're taking your team to that level, he already has the stats. He has everything but the shooting. The shooting will come back. And it's funny you mentioned the shooting against contested. Um, I just I think he he's just he misses like almost every wide open three. I don't know. That's a weird thing he's been doing a lot lately. He's just not used to it. He's just not used to it, dude. And so if he gets that back, that's great. But he already has the stats. So yeah, winning, of course, if he's winning, the team's winning, and they can get to a second or first seed in the West, then yeah, MVP valid. But it's funny, I feel like once they get to that point, a lot of these players, when they win the MVP, it's like they they are excited, yeah, but they're more focused on winning a championship. They can care less about the MVP by that time. You know, it's like, I want to be MVP of the league, but then you kind of really don't. You just want to win the championship and win MVP of the of the finals. That's what you well, want. Well, look at Kevin Durant. You know, he won the MVP. He's like, you know, mom, you the real MVP. That's like the he, last one I could think of where they were actually very excited. I don't yeah. know. What. He was excited. He was humbled, but he wanted a chip, man. That's why he left yeah. and he went and got two chips with OKC or I mean with uh, Golden State, you know, because those things are nice. But the championship is the, the ultimate team goal. It's the thing you can share. You know, winning an MVP trophy has got to be fantastic. And I know what that's like in a, a little, kind. you know, I've won manager of the year at my hotel before. And I'll tell you this. That was a nice feeling. But I also won department of the year one year. And that was more because I could share with my team. I'm like, hey, you know, our department is the department of the year. Like, how fucking awesome is this? Instead of being like, yeah, man, like, I'm really good. Like, I really did a good job this year. Everybody's really happy with the job I did. You know, like, nobody cares about that. But yeah. if you are a part of a team and that team is what wins, like, that's the, the ultimate driving goal, I feel. It's got, I mean, duh. I mean, that, that's just like a no-brainer. But Yeah, but in, plus the best shooting guard in the league, I think he he's very close to just being right behind Clay. I think Clay is the best shooting guard. But Booker has built up these weapons he has on offense. I know defense isn't there. That's Clay's thing, of course. But offensively, like, he is that much better than Clay. I feel like, already, just because of his playmaking ability. If he can just toughen up on defense a little bit, maybe he'll get the nod to be the best shooting guard. But I feel like when Clay comes back and then the Warriors get going, he's going to remain the best. So it's well, going to be tough to take over. Yeah, but he's primed and ready. He's that right age. He just turned 24 a few days ago. Um, so I really yep. think that it's 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 ideal, man. Like it's there for the taking. It's like you said, you know, the timeline that Paul Pierce and Amina Hassan gave him was three years. And I think it's a perfect timeline for him. And you know what's great about that timeline? He's still in the Suns in that timeline, which is fucking awesome. He is. <laughs> What's next on our thoughts, Matthew? All right. Um, so what what gets kind of old is you talk about Chris Paul. We we talked a lot about Chris Paul joining the Suns, but Russell Westbrook, I feel like he he's a guy that hasn't really been mentioned, but he's also a guy I feel like a lot of Suns fans don't want the Suns to get. The contract's outrageous. He's making 40 mil too. Who wants them? But really Not I. <clears throat> nobody, right? But what if it actually did happen did i just clear my throat on live tv oh my god what am i doing are you dropping so, phlegm again matthew yeah yeah, yeah too much water. water i guess water causes phlegm i didn't know that that's but, why you gotta um, drink a beer that's right dude and i got to next time otherwise uh it just the, the worst thing, the worst thing though is you just uh it makes you burp a lot so i have to mute myself yeah. a lot because <laughs> i'm not, i go off camera i go like this I put, I put matthew on the main camera i mute my mic and i just burp yeah um, so what were we talking about? Yeah, Russell Westbrook. Russell so Danny, Westbrook. Danny Cunningham of the Complex, um, he was talking about this isn't anything definite, but like what if, because the Suns went 8-0, so it's like you have to add some piece to get to the next level. So it might be Russell Westbrook. And then the Suns were one of the best stories in Orlando, he said. It went 8-0 in the seeding games. If they were to add Westbrook to the mix, the ceiling climbs even higher. If he doesn't, if, if, the, if he doesn't, 
have to do all the scoring. The Suns could use could be a dangerous team, which is true because like he might have been hurt in the bubble, Westbrook, but he is not a scorer. But I always thought of Westbrook as just being the dirty guy. Like he can be the guy next to Booker, but do everything dirty. I wanted him to play center for the the Rockets. I thought that would have been cool because <laughs> he he will fight tooth and nail to get those to get those rebounds. I think he would, but he would be definitely, I think he would add a lot of wins to the Suns. I don't think it would learn. I don't know if it would go any higher than maybe like a first round exit or anything like that, but you would definitely, I feel like get into the playoffs, right? With someone like Russell Westbrook. Well, I guess the problem with Russell Westbrook is, is like threefold. You know, I think the first fold of that is, you know, you, he says that it's going to be, you, an addition to the team, like you bring this guy in, it's an addition to, well, it's going to be subtraction because you're going to have to get rid of part of the bubble boys in order to even bring Westbrook to here, let alone his contract, let, let alone, you know, the years that he has left uh, as a guy who's been unbelievably physical throughout his career. So therefore is somebody who is not going to be at his best anymore because he's worn down. You know, he's like, he's like a worn down pencil nub and we're, we're getting kind of close to the eraser part of it. It's like the, the guy's been played out. You know, the, the second thing is whether or not he has to run the offense. We saw that last year, you know, for the first half of the year, he had a hard time kind of adjusting to, oh, James Harden's the alpha dog here. But once he kind of realized who he could be, yeah, he got better, but we don't truly have an alpha dog here. Tim Booker is our alpha. Don't get me wrong, but he's not necessarily an alpha dog. You know, that's not the way that he plays. He's more of a team guy. He's more of a playmaking guy. Like he's very, very good with his pass effectiveness and the, and the way that he distributes the ball. So he'll, he'll gladly give the ball to Russell Westbrook if he barks at him once or twice a game. Like, so that that's gone. And then three and, and worse is the guy can't shoot the three ball. He's very, very, very inefficient. He's not fun to watch. He's a stat, you know, he, he's a great for the stat guy, but but bad for the analytics guy. Like I just, I'm not a big fan in any way, shape or form of Russell Westbrook. And I think if you have to bring him to the Suns, you might make the playoffs. Don't get me wrong, but I like the future of the team is shot and everything that we've worked on for the past, you know, year and a half, two years under James Jones, goes down the shitter in a matter of one season because it's unsustainable. This guy's at the back end of his career, and I don't think that it really kind of falls in line with the culture and what we're trying to build here as an organization. Yeah, I think Westbrook, he he definitely, I think, has three or four more good years. He can maybe be an all-star the next two years. But honestly, I feel like he's just that guy where, you know, when the Suns go through those droughts in the middle of the season, he's the guy that's, like, playing hard every night. So he's going to give course. you those wins. He's going to give you to, like – especially with his team, I think Booker would be the alpha dog just because it is his team. And I think Westbrook, I th- I just seriously think he was so injured or something was wrong with him in the bubble. Like that costs the, I don't think the Rockets would have beat the Lakers, but I think it just costs his team so much because of his injury. I've always liked Russell Westbrook, but yeah, the money's too high and he's too old, but just a thought if he were to join the Suns, wins would come but i at the cost i i wouldn't i wouldn't do it yeah it's you know short-term greed long-term greed like you might get some wins this season and you might start to feel good and then next thing you know like his hips hurt and he's out and exactly. we lose you know uh like what steve holler says in the youtube chat rest book rest westbrook <laughs> one too many beers westbrook raises the floor but lowers your ceiling and that i i do agree yeah agree with that you want to do some uh, some mailbag? Yeah, it's about time, dude. Let's hit some mailbag questions. For those of you who are listening, you can email the show, session at gmail.com, or you can stop by our website, sunsjamsession.com, and you can leave comments there. So uh, the first comment um, uh, or question, if you will, comes from Nicholas Tan, and he says, with Mike D'Antoni joining Nashney on his bench, will we see Sean Marion, the Matrix, as his defensive coordinator? 
Is that oh, the next man. move to Brooklyn? Is Marion joining the Brooklyn Nets as the defensive coordinator? You know, I don't think Marion would want that. I mean, the reason he left the Suns is because he was the third wheel. So if he comes to the Suns or if he comes to Brooklyn, it'd be like the same thing. You know, he'd be back with Steve Nash and Amari. He would have to teach defense, I guess, whatever he does. But I mean, he would. how do you teach what Sean Marion even does? I feel like Sean Marion's game is just basically just Sean Marion. I don't think he can really teach anything from that. Plus, he's in Dallas right now. So I don't think there's really any way you can take him away from there after winning a championship. He's hanging out with Mark Cuban all the time. I just don't think he would like to be. He'd probably be the fourth coach getting attention on that staff, so he would definitely be upset about <laughs> yeah. that. Right? That's a low blow, man. Leave Marion alone. No, I just I'm waiting for his next, like his first appearance on uh, Shark Tank. Like he's kicking it with Cuban all the time. Like yeah. put Marion on Shark Tank. Let him invest some <laughs> shit. I saw Barkley do it. Like let's have the second son do it. So yeah, uh, funny, but I, there's no way that Sean Marion's going to go be the defensive coordinator in the Nets. I don't think um, so. Next question comes uh, to us via Twitter. This is from at Arian Na 6206286. I think it's a phone number or social security number at the end of that name. Uh, but he asks, what should the Suns value more in the draft? Defense, shooting, or playmaking? That's a good mm. question. This is good. Um, I think you can't go wrong with shooting, but I like the defensive players that are coming out. So I feel like if you go off uh, out of the – Vassal's my favorite guy. So, yeah, God, this is like who wants to be a millionaire the way I'm thinking about it, you know? <laughs> do you want to own a friend? No, I'm going to do, I'm just going to go shooting because I feel like a lot of the things that the Suns need added is shooting. I still think you need shooting, come off the bench. And that's one thing you get in the draft. So, I'm going to go shooting. Final it's, answer. It, it's, <laughs> it's tough because so many Suns fans really want us to pursue some of these top tier guards that are coming in the draft. And by top tier, I mean like, you know, rookie guards as top tier as you can for rookie guards in a shitty draft. You know, there's the Tyrell Terry's, there's the Kyra Lewis, there's uh, Tyrese Halliburton and, and Killian Hayes, you know? So obviously playmaking would be what you desire. If you go for one of those guys, I'm one of those guys who wants to draft a wing. So I think that, from that wing standpoint, do I, you know, playmaking isn't necessarily the answer there. Uh, defense is something that I would like, but I think I'm going to have to agree with you, Matthew. It's It's got to be shooting. I feel that one of the yes. struggles that the Suns have coming off the bench is sustained offense. You know, not so much defense. We displayed that in the bubble with our guard play, but we just don't have the ability to necessarily score during those long droughts when the, when, Ricky Rubio's on the bench, when Devin Booker's on the bench, and no one's really, you know, distributing the ball out there. So I guess that's playmaking. But I think that one of the reasons that we can't do it, that we can't score, is because no one can can truly score. You know, if we have somebody who can really shoot, and that's why, like, Cam Johnson was a great addition. Somebody who can definitely uh, come and fill up the bucket when we need points that don't come from DeAndre Ayton, Kelly Oubre, or Devin Booker, our three highest scores on the team. No, you're, you're exactly right, dude. And, like, when you have those shooters like Cam Johnson, Cam Johnson is not going to be a great shooter consistently. I mean, even great shooters have off nights, but he's going to be, like, the shooter that will come in once every fourth game. And really, he'll probably win the game for you once in a while like that, one in four games. So you need to kind of even it out. You got to have the hot guy come in. So the more, the merrier, I think. Yeah. Uh, I do like this in the chat. You need Tom Chambers dunking on Mark Jans Jackson on your wall behind me. So <laughs> I am painting this. Uh, I know some of you follow me on Twitter and you see like every time I add somebody new, I throw someone on there. Uh, I don't know where I'd fit it. Maybe, mm. maybe over here, but uh, nah, that'll be a different painting that I'll do. Um, this yeah. next question actually comes via sunsjamsession.com. Thank you to Raymond Gonzalez, who I believe is watching on Facebook right now. And he says, what are your thoughts on Trey Jones? 
He seems like he has a lot of potential. He has a great basketball IQ, can run a team, good playmaking skills, and great defense. So, Matthew, do you have any thoughts on Trey Jones? Oh, that came out of nowhere. Who the f- is that? Wow, you don't <laughs> number oh. no, but he's actually he's a guy that um no, but it was a surprise. But Trey Jones, I mean, he's a guy that we can maybe get. What is he a second round draft pick? Basically, yeah, but we don't have a second second rounder this year. I know exactly. So it's like someone that you would fall back for and get him. I haven't looked up a lot about this guy honestly, but what do you think about him? So I am one of those people who works with a Dukey. That's not poop. That's somebody who loves Duke and has let me know about every prospect coming up. You know, is oh, we got this guy. We got and Trey Jones is somebody that he really in, in liked a couple years ago. Said you know he's committed to Duke. He's somebody. He's awesome. You gotta you gotta watch him. So you know when Duke does play, I'm very aware of who they are because my coworker is obsessed with Duke. So I know who Trey Jones is. Uh, you look at what KOC has uh, on his big board. He has him currently 39th. He's six foot three. Has a wingspan of six foot four. You know, he's, his, his pluses are on ball defense, off ball defense, and feel for the game. And his description is he's a floor general with an unselfish team first playing style and an, and an impact defender. Uh, shades of Chris Duhon, who also went to Duke, Corey Joseph, and Mookie Blaylock, who went to the University of Oklahoma. Uh, so Trey Jones, I definitely think is an interesting prospect. So, Raymond, thank you for that question. Um, he could be potentially a target if the Suns try to do the trade down and garner a second round draft pick. But if they do trade down, I feel like it'd be more to get the likes of Kyra Lewis or Desmond Bain, who's already a guard. So I wouldn't see them necessarily going for Trey Jones. Uh, I feel like one of the challenges that Trey Jones is really going to have, even though he is a really good defender, it's going to be switch defense. You know, in the NBA, these guys are a lot bigger and faster. If they start to run pick and rolls against this guy as a second team unit guy, I don't see him necessarily matching up very well on those switches against those, those wings. Uh, I was watching a little Trey Jones the other day. I mean, the guy, he's a really good player and whoever ends up getting him, he could be kind of one of those like ninja steel guys. I just don't Mm -hmm. think in this draft, it's really going to navigate itself to get us that player. Absolutely. Yeah. Steve Holler, uh, Trey is a nice player. He's a winner and that's right. You know, I mean, he is, uh, He's somebody who, and he's Tyus Jones' brother. Shout out to Suns Geek on that one. I mean, he's somebody who is definitely, he's a damn good player. And I just don't know, you know, if, if we had a second round pick this year, this is a guy we would all be talking about. But knowing that the Suns only have the 10 pick this year, like we're really focused on the 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 lottery aspect of this draft and not so much where some of these guys in the second round, who they are and where they're going to end up. So Yeah, exactly. Our, our last mailbag question, Matthew, I'm going to ask you this one because it's your boy. This comes from at Grappling Glia on Twitter. Controversial opinion. Kelly Oubre is overvalued by Suns fans for his play on the court and then Prince's advanced stats because of the perceived attitude he brings to the team and city. Mm. What do you think of that, Matthew? It is interesting because Kelly Oubre, he he went through a phase this last year to where it was like the year before where I would get on to Devin Booker a lot. Not in person at all of course but like on the tv just he would frustrate me with a lot of things he would do on the court that is kind of like kelly uber i feel like he kind of frustrates me more than 50 percent of how much i love what he does on the court and i know that's probably going to be taken wrong but it's not it's not a bad thing i'm not saying that this year it's going to be the same thing it just takes a while for a player to adapt to a team and then you know booker's been on this team for his whole career and he's made a lot of mistakes, and we got to see all of them. And we hated a lot of the things he's done on the court, of course. But this last year, he's not been perfect, but he's been better. And I think next year, Kelly Uber will get rid of that nonsense. The, the over 50% of the stuff that I can't stand him doing on the court, 
I just think that he's not overhyped. I think he's a player a lot of teams want. Golden State said that they were very interested in him. I think he's a key to winning, not a championship, but being on a winning team. So I think this next year, he'll prove that. I think he has a lot to prove on the court still. So I don't think you can say he's overvalued yet because his contract, I don't think, is overvalued. And I think that his play really on the court as well will pick up this year to where we're not going to be, I'm not going to be kicking myself so much, like watch him play. Well, I mean, Kelly Oubre is definitely overvalued by Suns fans because we love the dude. And whenever you have guys on your team you love, like, of course, you, you're going to value them more than others. But his contract is also pretty expensive, too. So I think, like, he's, he's, properly, he's properly valued, if you will, when it comes to his worth in the NBA as a player. Um, couple that with how we feel about him. Um, you know, truth be told, when it comes to Kelly Oubre, he's not an overly fantastic uh, advanced stats guy. You know, you look at his off the ball movement. He's he's a 68th percentile in movement attack rate. You look at his movement speed rating. It's a 27. percent You look at his playmaking. You know, and, it, and it's very subpar. It's an F. You know, if they were to grade it. Um, you look at his drives per 75 possessions, and that's you know some 89.6. You know, so he he gets the ball and he drives the hoop. There's two things that Kelly Oubre does. He gets the ball on offense and he drives the hoop, or he'll shoot the three in the clutch. So there's reasons that we love him for that. So from an advanced stamp, advanced stats standpoint, like he he's a good player. He's not a great player when it comes to that. But I think that do we overvalue him because of what he's brought to the city? Probably. But I also think that he's somebody who is is properly valued when it comes to his contract and properly valued to what he brought to the city. You know, it's like yeah, you know, it's probably an unpopular opinion to say that he's overvalued by Suns fans for his play on the court. I don't think that he's overvalued for his his play on the court. I think he's overvalued because of his perceived attitude he brought to the team in the city. You know, he's somebody who we we all want to stay, and uh, you know, I hope the Suns don't trade. You know, so I mean, <laughs> yeah. I, I don't fucking know. I just wait. No, I, he, I, he's gonna go up this year. This year he'll he'll improve. So he will. He will. Yeah. He's, he's you know he's 24, 23, 24 years old. I mean, he's the same draft class as Devin Booker. He had another year where he got better. He got another year where he built confidence. He got a year within a system that he, that, you know, he's, he's good. I think it was Dave King who was saying this. It's like the perfect guy to replace Kelly Oubre. If we were to go out and to do all these trades is Kelly Oubre. Like we got the answer yes. right there. Small forward exactly. slash power forward. Like stop overthinking this shit. It's easy, man. Yeah. It's easy. Kelly Oubre is the answer. We got him on a contract. We got one more year of him. It's not like we're like tied down. It's, not like, it's like, well, well, it's 15 mil for the next four years. You know, it's not that. We got him 15 mil this year. We'll see how it plays out and we'll go from there. Like, that's the beauty of this. That's the beauty of Kelly Oubre, his contract, and what he brings to this team right now. Exactly, man. You're totally right. And we'll, we don't want to trade him. It's just he's in every trade scenario, but well, of course we want to keep him 100%. <laughs> Uh, do you got anything else, Matthew? No, I think there was a car accident right behind me, but oh, I don't have anything. What about you, John? What have you been up to, dude? I know you've been sick this weekend, but um, well, you know, Mandalorian came out, and Did you watch I, have, it? I haven't watched it yet. I'm like, I, okay. I'll watch like I'll, when the second one comes out, I'll watch two of them back to back. I think, or I'll go watch it once we're done here. Um, other than that, man, I've just been working on this thing, dude, just painting away and having a good time doing that. <laughs> uh. Yeah, that's that's pretty much it. <laughs> that's cool, dude. Yeah, yeah. Um, what have I been doing, dude? Nothing really. I mean, you know, just living the it. dream, bro. Living the dream. <laughs> make sure, yeah, make sure you really. make sure you vote tomorrow. Um, I'm already really voted. disappointed if uh, Adam Silver voted. Win, so um, yeah, again, disappointing, you know, right? 
I'll, uh, I'll end where I, where I started. Um, you know, take care of each other, everybody do one to others. You know, it's okay that people disagree. I think that's what makes this country great. And if you don't live in America, uh, that's what makes this country great is, and it's probably what makes your country great too. You know, it's the fact that we're all human beings and we can talk to each other and, mm. you know, we can share opinions and differences of opinion. You know, one thing that I, I'm a big fan of, if, if somebody has a different opinion than me, that's why I like doing these podcasts. If we have different opinion, like it's good to hear another point of view rather than just shutting you up. Like, nope, you're stupid. And you're yeah, but then I don't, I don't talk to you for a week after if we disagree. People don't well, see that's, that part. You, well, yeah, they don't see that part. Like, I don't see you until I've the next podcast. <laughs> well, I mean, we both have and we're just trying to be better people. But I do want to remind everybody who is listening and or watching to please subscribe to the podcast, whether it be on Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you're hearing this, press the subscribe button. So not only do you get this from Bright Side of the Sun, but you also get the Fanning the Flames, guys. Make sure that you hang out on YouTube and you press subscribe there. We could always use more subscribers. Hit the like button on all of our pods. That helps the metrics, or so I'm told. And make sure you follow me on Twitter at Suns. Sun. You can follow the pod on Twitter at Suns Jam. You can follow Matthew on Twitter. Hey, Matthew, let's see. And I'm at Darth Voida. Um, I think that's everything for tonight. So take care, everybody. I hope you enjoyed the show. Yeah, everyone go home and love your family. Peace.